Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester, the podcast. Oh, it has been an absolutely fantastic week. We've had drag queens, we've had coffee. You know, what more do you need to get yourself perked up? Well... A little blue pill, but we'll talk about that on a different day. Now, we've got a wonderful show lined up for you, so sit back, relax. On the show today, we've got Coffee for Craig. We are also talking to the wonderful We Love Manchester charity, as they explain about a brand new grant. And, as if that's not enough, we've got, in some part, Astina Mandela. So stick around and get ready for one amazing episode of Your Manchester. Wheel of Manchester, uh, you can see me here. Um, we are here to improve lives for individuals and communities in Manchester. We don't ask, we don't tell people what is it should you do to improve your communities. We listen to Manchester's communities. They say we're trying to improve ourselves in this way, and we hopefully can provide grant funding for them to help them to fulfil their ambitions. Uh, we also had a really, really busy time last year with our uh, COVID response fund. Uh, we stepped oh, into yeah. that space last March saying um, there's going to be a whole lot of problems caused in communities by the COVID crisis. And we raised and distributed a million pounds in grants to frontline groups tackling problems caused by COVID. Yeah, and you say that you, you deal with a lot of the community stuff and people can apply for grants. What is it people can get grants for? Okay, so today we're relaunching our Stronger Communities Fund, and that's grants of up to £5,000 available to community groups and local charities. And it's really in four areas. So if you don't mind me reading a list, that's for projects that are about helping in the early years, so preschool kids, combating loneliness and social isolation, uh, protecting and improving our open spaces, which are more valuable than ever uh, during lockdown, and offering positive youth activities. So local community groups and charities can apply for grants for any, uh, for any projects that fall into those four themes. And of course, it's changed from this year, uh, from last year rather, to this year. What trends have you noticed in, in people's applications for these grants have changed within the past year, 18 months? Um, probably the most noticeable is uh, grants to improve open spaces and local environments. I think because people are only allowed to go outside and can't go anywhere else, um, the emphasis and the appreciation of local spaces and, and uh, open spaces, public spaces, has really gone up. Um, I think possibly my favourite, uh, there's a kind of a back alleyway um, in the Moss Side area that's in the past been really kind of abandoned, full of antisocial behaviour, litter and worse. Uh, and the community's got together, used some of our funds and some other funds to create a fantastic social space with seating and kind of book swaps and kids play areas. So it's now where community gathers rather than avoid going because uh, they don't know what they're going to stumble into. Now, I suppose what I really want to know is people will be clamouring to get these grants. There's going to be lots of people wanting to apply for them. What can't people get grants for? Uh, in the Stronger Communities Fund, um, it, it's not available to individuals. It's for uh, registered groups and charities. Um, and it needs to fit in with those four, four criteria. So if it was something um, fabulous, but not within the helping in the early years, young people, uh, loneliness or uh, open green spaces stuff, then it wouldn't apply. But the criteria are pretty broad, so we try to be as as, as wide and welcoming and inclusive as possible. 
And if people wanted to get these grants, how do they go about starting the process off? What a good question. I'll get my logo into shot again. Um, if you Google or any other search engine, Wheel of Manchester, then Wheel of Manchester Charity comes up top of the search list. Click on there and go for apply for grants or apply for funding, and you will find the Stronger Communities Fund page. From there, it's a simple download and fill it in online um, application. Uh, we try and keep the application as simple as possible because uh, we don't want people spending days doing this. Um, once they've sent the application in, our trustees sit once a month in a, in a grants committee meeting, so you're never more than one month away from learning whether you've been successful or not. So it's quite a fast process then, and people can get this necessary money to help move their projects and their, their needs almost on straight away within a month. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't mess around. Um, we're trying to get a quarter of a million pounds out uh, this year. So um, if I hadn't mentioned it before, the maximum grant you can apply for has gone up from £2,000 to £5,000. So we're hoping to uh, take on some bigger projects uh, this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, decision within a month. Uh, and the dates on which our trustees meet to make decisions are listed on the website as well. Um, so yeah, within a month, you get a decision. And these can change people's communities, can't they? They, they really can. Um, I'm just thinking of another example. Um, again, go, going back to Parks, Alexandra Park in the middle of Manchester, there's some great groups that are based out of there. And one of them is about getting lots of people involved in cycling. But they've found that some of their lesser able and, and disabled members can't join in. So we're funding a mobile bike that allows somebody to pedal while somebody else sits on the front and joins in all the cycling and getting out and seeing the wildlife and uh, people enjoying the park. Um, that sort of thing is really difficult to get funding for. And that means that people who, through through reasons of um, physical uh, ability, have been excluded from enjoying the park in that way. Suddenly they can join in, make new friends, and uh, really engage and be part of the community. Such an important charity. We are for now out of time, but thank you very much, Jed Carter, for joining us today. Thank you very much for your time. Okay. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Well, now, of course, we know who the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK was. But me and Belinda tried our hardest to uh, drag it out <laughs> of the wonderful Estina Mandela. Lovely to see you, my love, and fabulous. You're looking very Oh, girl, very... everyone's fierce. I'm in my new home. <laughs> Are you ready for tomorrow's episode? Yeah, so I'm feeling myself, buddy. <laughs> Are you ready I'm for tomorrow's scared. episode? I can't wait. I'm so excited. I feel like I wasn't even in the show and I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. I wish it was now. Uh, when you when you went out of it and you 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 lost to the basic one, um do you do you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm, raised eyebrows mm. as you work in the absolute glamour, and then there's one named after two sachets of um, hot produce, isn't there? Okay. Uh, you, I mean, like one. Uh, I mean, how? how no, we carry on. You, because sorry, how did it make you feel? Is what I want to get to, knowing that you'd lost out to somebody that didn't appear to make as much effort as you. I mean, at the time, I was just like, um, what? Excuse me. Hello. <laughs> Are you me? Are you mad? Real? Okay, I'll walk out and sashay away. But um, it was more like, at the time, I was going for really bad mental health. I was really just in my own hairs. I was really just not enjoying the process as well. But um, now look, looking back, I'm like, do you know what? That was fab. 
it was great. It made amazing television. And honestly, I love Tear to Pieces, even though what she was wearing was basic. Because mine wasn't basic, mine was just, actually, no, mine wasn't basic. It tracked that like it was basic. <laughs> But, um, yeah. What do you do when you sashay away? You know, when the cameras stop rolling, what what's it like? You know, exiting the drag race. It's it's you're you're just like, oh my god, what? It's finished. And then you start. I I mean, on it when I came off stage and I was just like rude, and then I walked off. I went. <laughs> And I bored into tears. Oh my God, I'm surprised they didn't hear it on the main stage. But it was just like, you just go through all your emotions and then everyone's talking to you, everyone's saying this and all the backstage crew are saying that and you're just like, leave me alone. I've just walked off the stage. And how long is it from when you're finishing, you walk off, so we see you on the TV, we see you walking off, you say whatever you've got to say. How soon is it from there to when you're carted off in the taxi and you're made to leave the actual competition, the surroundings, how quick is right. that? Yeah, so you, we, you, we stay another day. Can I even say this? I'm saying it now. <laughs> we stay so you stay an extra day and then you, we leave the next day at like, I want to say afternoon-ish, like three, yeah. four. That's what I want to say. And then I get a lovely taxi back to London. Everyone else has got to travel all around the world. I'm like two hours home, great heaven and then you now go I, home and it's just like well that's it done merry christmas see, I well actually you wait believe... to come back for a, the fifth episode and you wait to go back for the finale episode and you're like <laughs> okay pandemic what's happening well it's been over 12 months since we spoke to the wonderful people behind coffee for craig so we decided to invite them into our studio virtually to find out what they'd been up to and we spoke to the wonderful founder risha and here's what she had to say and you've just recently moved but before we before we get onto um, your your move and your your new exciting projects that you've got coming uh, just perhaps once again tell people why it was so important to set up a charity uh, like this um i think it's really important because there's so many people out on the streets and having to sleep on the streets and because my brother was one of them and he died in a car park on his own of a heroin overdose and i just we just couldn't sort of let that happen without doing something about it and because everybody who's out there sleeping on the streets are someone's brother someone's son someone's father someone's uncle mum daughter son and it's just inhumane that people have to sleep on the streets it's it's something that we all need to do something about and we need to be shouting about and it shouldn't be happening in 2021 i mean it's ridiculous and it, and it unfortunately i think with covid and everything it's just getting worse and it's going to get worse over the next sort of year i think we're sort of preparing ourselves for it to get worse because of just the devastating things that have happened to us as a country and happened to us in Manchester and just happened to us as a as a world really it's, and how yeah. did coffee for craig manage through covid you know were you still able to to do it in some way yeah so what happened is um we actually had to move buildings um and we moved into a new building February just before the first lockdown um, so we had to actually do the building up we had to re completely re re 
re- I can't even say, say it. Regenerate. <laughs> yeah, re- and make a kitchen and showers and sort of make it sort of our own, really. So we spent from February to September doing that during lockdown. And also myself and Hendrix, who I've got to give a shout out for because he's not very well and he really wanted to be here today. So oh. hi, Hendrix. Yeah, oh, poor hi, little Hendrix. lamb. He's got... He's got bad bad ears, so he's he's at home recovering. Um, so myself and Hendrix carried on working. We did outreach. We helped to open the hotels, which were opened up during lockdown to uh, in the Everybody In scheme, and um, we did reach out um, um, outreach in in the city to make sure everyone was all right and to try and get as many people in as we could, and do the building up. And then in September, we were finally ready to open and we opened our doors in September to welcome everybody back in and to provide an evening provision drop-in for people to come in so they could at least get a little bit of respite, watch a bit of telly and have a home-cooked meal for them every night. So, What's the reaction like from the people when they come in for Coffee for Craig? What does, what does it mean to them? Oh, it, do you know what? It means so much to be able to just come in and feel normal for, you know, for half an hour, for an hour, as long as they can stay, stay with us. And to, and I think the biggest thing at the minute as well is that we've managed to be able to secure a little bit of funding. So we've got um, a chef on during the weekend, the weekend, and they get proper home cooked meals, and they absolutely love it. They get cheese pack, well, anything really. Our cook is phenomenal. She'll, she'll make things out of nothing. So they absolutely love it. And our showers are, are brand new and we, we had to build them. And I think the showers is one of the biggest thing as well that everybody loves because at this minute in time, we're, we're the only service that are offering showers for people. So, you know, it feels really luxurious to be able to come in and have a shower. The, oh, Andy um, Burnham. Andy Burnham himself, excuse me, <clears throat> said that he, during his tenure, uh, would fully get rid of rough sleeping and fully help as much as possible. Do you feel that he's gone enough, far enough with it? I think, to be perfectly honest, he's done such a lot for the homeless sort of community since he's been in. He started the Bed Every Night scheme and it's been absolutely phenomenal. He's really, really helped a lot of people sort of get off the streets with this scheme um unfortunately there's not enough but i don't know whether there ever would be enough because there's not enough housing so what happens is people sort of get into the hostels but because there's not enough housing for people and there's not enough services out there that, that because we've always been cut and cut all the time by central government there's it, it gets very bottlenecked because there's no there's nowhere to move people onto, so it's like fighting a losing battle all the time for us in the in the in the sector, and it's really you know it's so hard. We need more housing for sure, definitely. I know you talked earlier on uh, about how it might get worse a situation, especially with you know the after effects of COVID, uh, and 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 we could see a lot more people on the streets. Do you think we've still got a long way to go in terms of the stigma that people have towards homeless people? Because, you know, is there still that perception of, oh, you know, they, 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 they deserve to be that, when actually, in, in all truth, you must see so many people, you know, that are homeless, that 
have not asked to be in a situation like this and, and they could have been, you know, very successful people and, and have ended up in a situation. Not at all. I mean, people don't deserve to sleep on the streets. So everyone deserves at least a bed running hot water, running cold water to um, a toilet that they can call their own. You know, we all deserve that. We, we're all human at the end of the day. And some people might have addictions, but you've got to look at the reasons for the addictions. And, you know, so many people on the streets, are there through no fault of their own, through traumatic experiences as children, not being taught how to how to live you know, in a, in in society. Do you know what I mean? And it, it nobody deserves that, and it's it's not anybody's fault if they end up on the streets. And we've had people, we've had police officers, you know, we've worked with police officers, airplane plane pilots, people who just had so many tragic incidences in their life through, you know, losing parents, losing loved ones, relationship breakdowns, not having any family, just it's not nobody deserves to be on the streets, nobody. And just finally, before we let you go, this is obviously a, a charity that's called Coffee for Craig. How do you think Craig mm -hmm. would react to your achievements over the last few years? I think I hope he'd be proud. I really do. And I think he I think he'd yeah, I think he'd be really proud, especially now we've got a building and you know, we we sort of got so many ideas and so many things we want to move forward with and the successes we've had. I mean, we've got we've got a member of staff now who started at, with us as a guest and has sort of progressed and been with us from the very beginning and he's now a member of staff. And, you know, we really want to be able to treat people as I'd like to be treated myself so I always try and look at someone and think well how would I want to be treated or how would I want to treat my mum or my brother or my sister you know or my father so I always try and treat people how I would want to be treated or how I'd want Craig to be treated so I think I think he'd be proud I hope he would. Well, it takes a special type of person to do what you do, Risha, and also Hendrix. I know you, you speak highly of him. What what keeps you going? What drives you forward to continue with Coffee for Craig? Um, I think just the fact that people come in and they rely on us and, and they're able to come in and have a little bit of banter and they can and you see people smiling and you know, and they really, really enjoy the food and we've formed relationships the team that we work with every single person on our team and uh, including the vol volunteers our staff members everybody is so dedicated and loves working with the people that we work with and all our guests i think that's what spurs me on and the fact that we can help in even if it's just giving someone a pair of boxer shorts or a bottle of water i think that really sort of spurs me on for sure i think i think what um 2020 and the beginning of 2021 has taught a lot of people is it could happen to anybody yeah. and we could all oh, find completely. ourselves in need of your services couldn't we yeah when can we, when can we come down we we wanted to volunteer at yes. oh, for, sure. for a long time now so I, I would love to come down and give some time to you guys i really would so yeah oh that would be amazing anytime just just give us a call and you're more than welcome to come down 
Yeah, we, we we'll look forward that. to it. We'll roll out the red carpet. I'm sure the guys would love it. Oh, brilliant. I'll make sure she wears a flat, though, because, you know, she's got to do some work. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd be Very gossiping flat. with everybody, me. I won't be doing any work. I'd be gossiping. That's do you know what? At the end of the day, our guests come in and they love nothing more than a good good gossip and a good chin wag. And a lot of people, they just come in for that and it's, you know, it's lovely. It's nice. Oh, and I can make a good cottage pie, Risha. Oh, wow. Even better. There, there. Can you imagine looking into your phone and finding that every day you are just as fabulous as the first time you posted over on one of them, their socials? That is the new topic of, believe it or not, an Oscar Wilde play reimagined by this gentleman, Mr. Henry Fellow. Bennett. So we are now joined by that very writer. How are you today? Are you okay? I'm really good, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I mean, this is something very special, very new, and uh, some would say very, very unique to be tackling uh, a wonderful play like this. When we, when we started thinking about what... We did a, pro, a play called What a Carver. Um, end of last year and we were thinking about what we might be able to follow it up with and it felt like when we were reading Oscar Wilde's book again it just felt like there were so many things that were jumping out of us and we were like this is this is right now all of the stuff around who we are when you know who who do we say we are who do we present the world to uh, who do we present to the world as all of those, those things around identity but also around mental health it just felt like this was a perfect opportunity to talk about those things again so then let's uh, let's delve into this. How would you explain the new concept for this particular version of the picture of Dorian Gray? Yeah, so um, in our in our world, uh, Dorian is a student. Um, in my head, it was uh, a student at Manchester University because I wrote it in Manchester and I used to work at the Lowry. So Manchester's always been uh, in my heart. So I, I felt like he, he was probably at Manchester University. It's during lockdown and essentially he gets for his 21st birthday present, he gets given um, the opportunity to always have a completely perfect um, digital self. So Instagram will always be perfect. He'll get loads and loads of followers online. He'll become a massive influencer. And I guess that we've, we've slightly flipped it because in obviously in the original text, there was a, there's a picture that gets painted of this character Dorian Gray and he makes the, he makes the um the deal that his his body will always be perfect and his age will go into the picture we flipped it because it felt like uh now more than ever connection mainly is digital and online so we felt like it, it made sense for his digital self to be the thing he didn't want to age rather than his physical self and uh, you've not been shy with the um the cast of this have you you've obviously got an amazing cast perhaps talk <laughs> us through who you've got in this show your show yeah we <laughs> our show we couldn't believe it um we you know we we did really well with what a carve up and we were incredibly lucky to get some really great names for that but we never expected that we'd get this sort of cast for dorian gray so we've got finn whitehead who a lot of people will remember things from uh, from things like uh dunkirk he was the leading dunkirk and then bandersnatch which is the which is that amazing um creator story thing on netflix so he was leading that he's played dorian um, we've got an, um, we've got Joanna Lumley. Uh, don't we all love Joanna Lumley? She's playing this character called Lady Narborough, who's this older um, philanthropist, I guess, who's a who's a good friend of Dorian. I wrote that part um, not having any idea. You know, you go for the, the guns, you go for those sorts of Joanna Lumley type names when you're writing the part, and then you you assume it just absolutely won't be them. So I'd love to say that I wrote wrote it for her, but I wrote it with someone like that in mind and thank God she said yes. And then we've got um, Russell Tovey, 
uh, and we've also got uh, Stephen Fry. So it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty amazing cast. And finally, just before we let you go, and the picture of Dorian Gray, it's a, a digital format for people to be an audience member of this. How do people get um, tickets to come and watch this wonderful event? Sure. So um, you can actually buy them from our our local theatre. You can buy them from the Lowry or you can buy them from the Lawrence Batley Theatre, uh, where I currently work in Huddersfield. If you just go onto either of their websites um, and you'll be able to buy tickets on the on the website there. Excellent. And uh, do you have anything planned for the your next project? We've got a meeting about it tomorrow. So uh, I, I honestly, it's like everyone's like, oh, I can't say anything. I can't say anything because I don't know anything. Um, we know we want to do one more. Um, we don't know. We think we're probably going to film it in May, but we don't quite know what it is yet. And I need to, I know, I'm aware that it's nearly the end of March, so I need to get writing. Excellent. And if you do need a ginger drag queen, will you just let me know, please? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I do have many accents. I can, I can even be a woman. <laughs> with a beard that's just how talented I amazing am. absolutely mm, amazing henry thank you so much for your time today thank you so much well we promised you a great show and i think we have fully delivered for you have you had fun tonight i've had lots and lots of fun and you know i think we all lip synced for our life at some point didn't we that was just the delay in the internet believe it or not but next week we have got a fantastic show with davina de campo so make sure you're checking in for that other than that thanks for listening to this week's episode of your manchester, manchester the podcast <laughs>